was a man who had two sons. The younger said to his father, Father, I want right now what's coming to me. So the father divided the property between them, and it wasn't long before the younger son packed his bags and left for a distant country. There, undisciplined and dissipated, he wasted everything he had. And after he'd gone through all his money, there was a bad famine all through that country, and he began to hurt. He signed on with a citizen there who assigned him to his fields to slop the pigs. And he was so hungry, he would have eaten the corn cobs and the pig slop, but no one would give him any. That brought him to his senses. He said, all those farmhands working for my father sit down to three meals a day, and here I am starving to death. I'm going back to my father. I'll say to him, Father, I've sinned against God. I've sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son. Take me on as a hired hand. He got right up and went home to his father. And when he was still a long way off, his father saw him. His heart pounding, he ran out, embraced him and kissed him. And the son started a speech. Father, I've sinned against God. I've sinned before you. I don't deserve to be called your son ever again. But the father wasn't listening. He was calling to his servants. Quick, bring a clean set of clothes and dress him. Put the family ring on his finger and sandals on his feet. Then get a grain-fed heifer and roast it. We're going to feast. We're going to have a wonderful time. My son is here. Given up for dead and now alive. Given up for lost and now found. And they began to have a wonderful time. Oh, friend, that's a story that never grows old, isn't it? What a beautiful story. That rendition was Eugene Peterson's The Message. And we're looking right now in a series on the prodigal son. You'll find it in the Gospel of Luke, the 15th chapter. I'd ask you to find it, if you would please, in your Bible. Luke chapter 15. Last week we took a wide-angle view of Luke chapter 15. And this week we're going to go to the close-up. We're going to look at each of the main characters here in the parable of the prodigal son in much greater detail. And today we're going to begin where Jesus began. We're going to begin looking at the younger son. We know him better as the prodigal son. The prodigal son. Now, his story starts out very, very sad. But it ends very glad. And we're going to center our thoughts today around four movements. And we're going to journey with the younger son in these four movements. And we find in the first movement of the story, we find that he dishonors... His father. You see, the story begins with some very shocking words. If you look at Luke 15, look at verse 12. It says, And the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falls to me. So he divided to them his livelihood. Now, basically, he went to his father and said, I want my inheritance. And I want it right now. I want what's coming to me. How insulting. How ungrateful, how horrible. Basically, he's saying to his father these words, I wish you were dead. I want my inheritance. 
Those words are filled with greed. They're filled with rebellion. They're filled with rejection for the Father. And you see, He not only personally dishonors His Father, but He also dishonors His Father in the eyes of everyone else in that place, in that village. He's saying, I'm not content to remain with the Father. I'm not content to remain with my family. I want my inheritance. I want it right now. Which brings us to movement number two. And that is we find that He leaves His Father. Look at verse 13. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together, journeyed to a far country, and there wasted his possessions with prodigal living. <clears throat> now the father gives him an inheritance. And he gathers all his stuff together. Maybe he had to cash out some things. Maybe he had to sell some things. I don't know. But he gets it all together so he can carry it with him. And he heads out to the far country. You see, not only did he want his inheritance, he also wanted his independence. He wanted to be far away from the father. Now, maybe he was tired of being told what he could do by the father or what he could not do by his father. He wanted his freedom. He wanted to get away. He wanted to be on his own. And he got it. And it was fun for a little while. Make no mistake about it. He really lived it up. Don't get the idea that sin is not fun. The Bible talks about the pleasures of sin for a season. If sin wasn't fun, if it wasn't pleasurable, we would be tempted to do it. And so for a while, he really lived it up. He partied. He lived the high life. With money to finance the parties, there were plenty of friends who showed up to help spend that money. And there they are, living it up, having a grand time in the faraway country. But there came a day when he looked for another dollar. And when he did, he found out that his pocket was empty. You see, the money ran out. And when the money ran out, the friends were gone. And in the Bible, Jesus tells us in the story, a severe famine comes. Verse 14. But when he had spent all, if you like to mark your Bible, there's a good word to mark. The word all. When he spent all, he didn't save anything. When he spent all, there arose a severe famine in that land. And he began to be in want. You know, beloved, sometimes when we finally get what we want, we realize pretty quickly we really didn't want that at all. I want my inheritance. I want my independence. I want to be far away from the father. And yet look at where he is now. The prodigal son is in trouble. With no money and nowhere else to turn, he does and decides what he only knows he can do. And that is, I got to get a job. But there's a famine in the land. With a famine in the land, it seems that they're pretty hard to come by. Jobs are pretty hard to come by. The only thing he could find was the job of a pig keeper. A pig keeper. Imagine the horror of the Jews and the audience that are listening to Jesus tell this story. Imagine how they felt as they thought about being reduced to such a level. They didn't touch pigs. The pigs unclean. Now, beloved, I love the finished product when it comes to hogs. I love good pork barbecue. 
But I don't care much for the process of getting to that point where you get to the butchering part. Pig farming is stinky work. It is. Where we used to live, sometimes the wind would carry the aroma of a local pig farm. Do you remember this? The local pig farm our way. Yeah. And it was not pleasant. We were actually really up against it. We had a a wood pulp mill plant that carried the wind our way and the pig farm. Anyway, uh, stinky work. Not very desirable to be down there slopping the hogs. Uh, Very tough place to be. But that's where the boy found himself. And it appears the job did not pay very well. In fact, it didn't pay enough to even be able to allow him to eat properly. Look at verse 16. And he would gladly... Notice that word, he would gladly have filled his stomach with the pods that the swine ate and no one gave him anything. He got so hungry that the pig food started looking appetizing. (laughs) Beloved, that's a low place to be in life. Where you look at pig slop and think, man, I could eat a little bit of that. In fact, I'd be happy to eat a little bit of that. We don't understand famines. But I was reading, especially back in these days and these cultures, just how horrible a severe famine could be. Reducing people to eating things you couldn't imagine. Reducing people to even to cannibalism because they're so hungry. And this young man, he finds himself there with all these pigs. Nobody gives him anything. He's starving to death. He's so hungry. The food looks good. But you know what? Spending all that time out there with Porky the pig and Wilbur and Piglet gave them some time to think. Gave them a lot of time to think, I I believe. Which brings us to the third movement in the story. And that is we find that he remembers his father. He remembers his father. I love the way the Lord describes this moment. Look at verse 17. It says, but when he came to himself. When he came to himself. It says what? He said, how many of my father's hired servants have bread enough and to spare and I perish with hunger. Now he's far away from home. He's down and out with the pigs, but he starts thinking about home. He remembered the servants at his father's house. The hired servants had plenty of food to eat. Surely a picture of this, how kind and gracious his father was. He thinks about home, and as he thinks about home, he thinks about his father. And he decides that he must act. Look at verses 18 and 19. I will arise and go to my father, and I will say to him, Father, I have sinned against heaven. Let's stop there for a moment. This young man is living in sin. Why? He's broken one of the Ten Commandments, hasn't he? Thou shalt honor thy father and thy mother. He dishonored his family. He dishonored his father. Rebellion, rejection, outright greed. Basically saying, I wish you were dead. He's living this kind of life. He says, I've sinned against heaven and before you. I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. Make me like one of your hired servants. He realizes he had blown it. He had no right whatsoever to go back and say, I want to be a son. He says, I'm just going to see if dad will let me be a servant. If I could just be my dad's servant, a hired hand, I'd be better off than I am right now. If I was just a worker. Which brings us to the fourth movement, and that is this. We find that he returns to his father. He picks himself up there out of the pig slop. We can only imagine what a sight he was. 
I'm sure you could smell this younger son a wrong ways off. Look at what the story says in verse 20. And he arose and came to his father. But when he was still a great way off, his father saw him and had compassion and ran and fell on his neck and kissed him. And the son said to him, uh, Father, I've sinned against heaven and in your sight and no longer worthy to be called your son. Now we're going to look at the father in a different message probably next week. So we won't look much more at his response. But let's think about the son for a moment. Do you see the change in attitude? He left home demanding his own way. I want my inheritance. I want my independence. I want, I want, give me, give me, give me. And he returns much differently. We see he returns just hoping to be a servant. He left in pride. He's returning in humility. He says that I could just be a servant. But the father welcomes him and goes far and beyond what the son could even imagine. Not only making him again a son, but also blessing him in so great ways. Which brings us to this question today. So what? I don't mean any dishonor. These are the words of the Lord. But so what? We sit here today. It's 2013. We're sophisticated, refined, technologically advanced people. We're far removed from this kind of story, right? So what? What does this mean to us? What does this have in common with us? Is this a nice story at all? It's a story that moves us, maybe moves us emotionally. But what does it mean to us? How does it apply to us? Well, I'm glad you asked. You see, all of us, all of us are like the prodigal son sometime in our life. What I mean is the prodigal son is a picture of a lost person. A person who is away from God. A person who does not know the Lord Jesus as Savior. See, he's away from the Father. He's wasting his life. That's prodigal living, wasting his life. He's living in sin. It seems maybe a very sinful life. You look at what the Lord told about the older brother saying about him later on. And he's a picture of a lost person. But praise the Lord, there comes a day when he comes to an end of himself. He realizes that being with the Father is what he really desires. Being with the Father is what really satisfies. Nothing else does. And we find that he repents. You say, well, I didn't see. Did you see it where he repented in the story? It says he came to himself. So he began to change his mind. And he changed his direction. That's what repentance is, by the way. It's a change of mind, which leads to a change of direction, a change of lifestyle. He repented. He came to himself. He realized how gracious his father was, how good his father was. He changes his mind and he also changes his direction. He comes to an end of himself. And he comes to the Father. And when he comes to the Father, what does he find? He does not find rejection. He does not find anger. He doesn't even find a lecture. He finds grace. He finds a welcome. He finds love. Unmerited. He finds grace. And maybe that's you today, friend. You don't know the Father. You've never come to an end of yourself and 
have come to the Father to find forgiveness. But the good news is you can. You can. But you must come His way. The Lord Jesus said in John chapter 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. You see, the prodigal son recognized that he was a sinner. And he was not worthy to be a son. But he comes to the Father. The same is true of us. We're sinners. We're not worthy to be a son or daughter of God. But we come to the Father in repentance and faith, and guess what? We find grace. We find forgiveness. We find love. And He welcomes us as sons and daughters. Now, you might be here today, you might be thinking, I want my own way. I want to run my own life. I want to be the master of my fate. Well, so did the prodigal. But look where it landed him. It landed him far away from home in a pig pen. Away from the father. Proverbs 14, 12 says there is a way that seems right to a man, but the end is the way of death. Listen, beloved, if you go your own way in life. You're going to end up in hell. Ultimately, you will. Now, now here you may not end up in the lowest you could go. Maybe you are not in the pig pen, but you're in the penthouse. But listen, there's coming a day where death is coming. And if you go your own way, you're going to end up in hell. Hell. In fact, you're already headed there if you had never repented of your sin and placed your faith in Jesus Christ. You're already under condemnation. And so what do we learn from this story today? We learn this. We need to come to the Father. We need forgiveness. We need cleansing. We need to be brought into a right relationship with the Father. And it only happens through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. And so I ask today, are you like the prodigal son? If you are, learn the lesson and come to the Father. But you know what? The story here is about salvation. All of these parables are, we read in chapter 15, the story of the lost sheep, the lost silver, and the lost son. Something's lost and then it's found. But let's be honest about it. A lot of us cannot read this passage without also thinking about Christians who have backslidden. Christians who are out of fellowship with the Lord. The hymn writer said it this way, prone to wander, Lord, I feel it. Prone to leave the God I love. Maybe that's you today. Maybe if you're honest, you say, well, listen, I know that I'm born again. I know I'm on my way to heaven, but I've allowed some things in my life. And I'm not in fellowship with the Father. I'm not rejoicing with the Father. You're wandering away from... See, whenever we backslide, whenever we wander, it's, it's us that's moved, not God. It's us. And maybe that's you today. You say, well, what would God say to me? He'd say this, repent and return. Change your mind, change your direction, come back to me. And you know what happens? You'll find loving arms waiting to welcome you. First John 1 John 1.9 says it this way, if we confess our sins, if we agree with God, if we say what God says about them, if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to, for, to uh, forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. He wants that close relationship and fellowship with us. And so I say to all today, whether you're still like the prodigal, wandering in sin, lost, the Father's waiting for you today. With open arms. And and to those who already are a son or daughter of God. 
But you're beginning to wander from the Father. Here's what I want to say to you today, friend. The Father's waiting for you with open arms to welcome you. What a beautiful picture. What a beautiful story. But it's even more beautiful when we see it played out in the lives of many women and in our own life. Would you bow your head and close your eyes today? Nobody looking around, nobody stirring about. I want to just ask you real quickly here. Between you and the Lord and the preacher. Are you truly born again? Have you turned from your sin and placed your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ? Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt if death were to come in your life today. That to be absent from the body you would be present with the Lord. You'd be at home in heaven. Do you have that surety? If not, I want to invite you to Jesus today. I want to invite you to our loving Father through His Son. As you turn from your sin and place your faith totally and completely in Him. In a moment, we're going to sing a closing hymn. And all I'm going to ask you to do is just step out from where you are. I'll be down at the front here. Take my hand and say, Preacher, I want to know that Jesus is my Savior. I'm not going to make you make a speech. I'm not going to call you out. I'm not going to embarrass you. I'm just going to take you and welcome you and place you with someone who loves Jesus and loves you. And they'll take a Bible and sit down and lead you to Jesus. Just that simple. The Father's waiting for you today. You say, well, I'm a church member. That doesn't matter. It doesn't save you. You say, well, I've been baptized. It doesn't matter. That doesn't save you. Only Jesus Christ can save you. And you must come to the Father through Him. And so in a moment when we sing this closing hymn, Lord, I'm coming home, you can be like the prodigal today. And you'll find the same welcome the prodigal felt. You'll find a Father who's waiting with open arms who will receive you and forgive you and bless you and make you a son or daughter. Now for those of us who know Jesus, maybe the Lord spoke to your heart today. Maybe there's some things that are not right in your life. Yeah, you're a child of God, no doubt about that. Yes, you're going to heaven. But your walk right now is not that close. Wonderful fellowship that maybe you once knew. I've got good news for you. Confess that sin. Repent of it. Forsake it. Come back to the Father. He's waiting for you with open arms. I'd invite you to that. Just come and kneel this old altar and make things right. And I guarantee you when you come, you'll find a loving Father who's waiting with open arms to forgive and to cleanse and to rejoice again with you that you're walking in fellowship with Him. Now, Father, I pray through Your Holy Spirit You will do that work that only You can do. I pray for one right now who may be resisting the Spirit's working Father, I pray that they would just submit and come to the Father today and find forgiveness and cleansing and be made a child of God. I pray for Christians today that you'd work in the lives of these men and women, that you'd help us all to be very honest and open, allow the Holy Spirit to work in us. Thank you for this beautiful, beautiful story. But thank you even more for what this story represents. 
the love and grace of you, O God. So bless now and help us, we pray. You will be done for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Hope the invitation is clear, and I hope you'll come as God leads you. 309 is a song that really fits with this story. I've wandered far away from God, now I'm coming home. Coming home, coming home. We've called this series, Coming Home. What a beautiful picture it is. Would you come home today? Need to be saved? Just come say, Preacher, I want to know Jesus, and I'll place you with someone who will lead you to Jesus. You want to just come and pray today? Just come right on past me. Come to the altar and pray. 309, let's stand and sing, Coming Home. Coming home.